my conversation this morning, I've titled it Good News, and this morning specifically, uh, How Things Get Good, How to Get Things to Get Good. Um, but the last thing I wanted to say is that there is kids' church uh, every Sunday, but not a, always a curriculum. There's there's a, a fun program, but there's, there's something for... I just wouldn't like for you to think, oh dear, my children will be in church and they may become uh, um, disruptive or uncontrollable or you might not sure what to do. So bring your whole family to church, especially next Sunday, because next Sunday after the service, great service with kids in the service and afterwards food and fun and jumping castles that even I will enjoy. Um, uh, based, I think the, the, the height is the thing. I'm allowed to be on there because I am at the appropriate height for a 12-year-old. So I want to invite you to stick around, come with a plan to stay next Sunday, and then next Sunday night, you're going to be here the whole day. I mean, make it a spiritual day. And then it's carols in the evening service, followed by uh, the lighting of Christmas lights and the Christmas tree outside, and a bit more food and uh, a lot of hanging out. And you buy your Seattle or you buy your uh, red band stuff and you just linger. Speaking of Seattle, I think you see Seattle, East London is somewhere in the service. All the trainees are launching their store in East London, so I'll see you down there. Maybe just say hello to the... <laughs> I want to talk to you today about how that all of us uh, are in an abusive relationship with the spirit of this world and how that the good news of the gospel is here to help us create distance from abusive relationships like that. I know it's a heavy introduction, but it's powerful when you recognize that there is a spirit in the world, in other words, a method of doing things that imposes itself on us and makes us shy and insecure and sometimes silent about doing things God's way. And the spirit of this world is getting louder, forcing us more and more, trying to force us more and more behind the scenes, in quiet places, or out of the conversation altogether. And my prayer during this Christmas season and our walk with the Lord is that in a world speaking louder and madly, louder and louder, we will make our voices heard and give praise to God and acknowledge Him as ruler over our hearts and the only answer to all the world that Jesus Christ is Lord and we will not be bullied by the spirit of this world into an atmosphere of silence or sadness or insecurity, but that we will find our voice again. Can you say amen? I think one of the negative consequences of the past couple of years is that we have been boxed in. We've been forced by we, I mean people of faith, have been forced into an atmosphere of being either uh, at a distance, arm's length, or only online. And how beautiful online has been. Hello, online. I see a whole lot of people from Craft Renet watching this morning. Hello, Craft Renet. When it's hot there, it's really hot. When it's cold there, it's really cold. Uh, it, it is a very biblical town. Uh, not lukewarm. Uh, 
is the, is the answer to that. But there is this tension of uh, a, an atmosphere or a spirit in the world that if we're not aware of it, you're going to become the victim of it. If you were in a relationship with someone, a parent, an adult, a spouse or a partner, and the consequence of that relationship is that you got quieter and smaller the longer you were in the relationship, I would tell you, you were in an abusive relationship. And if we're in relationship with the spirit of this world in such a way that we get quieter and smaller, then I'm gonna say to you that that is an abusive relationship and Jesus needs to help you overcome the temptation to feeling abused by the spirit of this world. I don't want you to think that people are the abuser, the spirit is. So in Acts chapter 16, the disciples experience exactly this encounter. And Paul and uh, Silas are in a town, part of the Greek community. And while they're walking around, a slave woman starts following them around. This part isn't in, in, in the screen, on the screen, but, but context helps. And this slave woman is a psychic. And so she's a fortune teller and a psychic, and she believes in star signs and the spirit of this world. The other day, some Christians said to me, how do I feel about star signs? Should Christians read them? No. If you have enough time to read that, you should start at Matthew. <laughs> and I'm not looking for star signs. I only need one star that gave us one sign. And that is the birth and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, If you've got the bright and morning star, why would you go for a darker evening star? Right? So there's the slave woman who's the spirit of this world representing it. And, they, and she starts following the disciples around. And everything she says is true. She starts announcing their presence. Hey, everybody, this is Paul and Silas. They are working for the Most High God. She's telling the truth. She even says, they're teaching you the way of salvation. But she's following around all the time. And I love Acts 16, 16. The Bible says, after a little while, Paul got annoyed. I think every now and then, it's okay to get annoyed. And he's been leaving her, but it's irritating. It's irritating because when he's trying to do God's word, uh, God's work, there's somebody there muddying and announcing and shouting louder. See, that's the problem, is that sometimes things are louder so that the thing that you should hear can't be heard because the other things are louder than the thing we should be hearing. So Paul takes it for a little while, but eventually he's annoyed, the Bible says, and he turns to her, the Bible says, and he casts out the spirit from in her. That's how we know it's a spirit, right? And the people who owned her, remember she's a slave, were very disappointed because the Bible says they were making good money from her and they knew they were going to lose their money. So they throw Paul and Silas into jail. Let me tell you something about the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world intends to turn you into a product and make something off of you. That's the spirit of this world. And you and I need to be louder than that, brighter than that, and braver than that. So here Paul and Silas are in jail, and we pick up the story in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now watch the conversation go from who's the loudest. While they were out in the world, the spirit of this world was announcing loudly. Now they're in jail, but in jail they found their voice. 
They were locked away, but they began to sing songs of praise and they began to trust in the Lord more loudly. Then suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. All at once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I love this passage of scripture because you may think you're imprisoned in some kind of way, but if you will find your voice, sing songs of praise, declare that Jesus is Lord, God will shift the environment so much that what seemed locked to you will become unlocked. Stop trying the door and start singing to the keeper of the key. It starts to become this. Everybody trying to force their way in, trying to get in somewhere and get past something. But if you'll step back and you'll sing to the keeper of the key, he'll unlock the doors. Doesn't matter who says it can't be opened. It doesn't matter what the economist says and it doesn't matter what what president we will have next week. Um, I mean, I teased the Brits when I was there, like, you guys can't even keep a prime minister for 44 days. And then I'm like, back home here, very quietly. Wait, 44 is the wrong, was that the right number of days? 44 is to do with something else, doesn't it? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, that has to do with the number of people who still speak. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting my facts all mixed up. It's a mistake. It was a fault. Must forgive. We must forgive. Okay, it's 45 now, but I can not net eat some Afrikaans gesene. And so Paul and Silas are praying, they're worshipping, they found their voice, the, the prisoners are listening, the place shakes up. The next morning they're still there talking to the prisoners and the guards. And the magistrate, verse 36 says, has given an order that they should be released, that they've done nothing wrong really. So please go and go in peace. It's verse 37 that's of interest to me. But Paul said to the officials, you beat us up publicly and without a trial, even though we're Roman citizens, you threw us into prison. And now, do you want, do they want to get rid of us quietly? The explanation answer, exclamation answer, no. Here's what I like about this. Our voice is being stolen bit by bit. It's become unfashionable and unpopular to be biblical in the world out there. And now the challenge is, do we keep our voice hidden in buildings or are we willing to say, don't beat us up publicly and then tell us to slip away quietly. We will lift up the name of Jesus in the public arena just as you attacked us in the public arena. I'm a little worried that the church generally is getting deeper, but risking uh, being unwilling to become wider and to go into more spheres and influence more spaces, that we've become self-preserving and a little uh, um, introspective because we're worried that we might be canceled or we might be attacked or we might be frustrated. 
But I'm telling you that what the church, the world needs in this next generation is a louder church that sings praises to God, not a loud church that accuses the world. You can tolerate the slave woman with the spirit of this world for a little while, but there's going to come a day where you have to break up from your abusive relationship with the spirit of this world. And you have to cut it off and say, you are being too loud and you are killing my voice. I want to sing the shouts of praise before our God. I'm a little worried also that our celebration is stolen. You might think, well, Paul and Silas landed up in jail. They got let free the next day. They didn't lose anything. They nearly did. They nearly lost their right to sing praises in public places. And I want to encourage you not to allow the spirit of this world to steal your joy. Not to allow the spirit of this world to limit your opportunity. Do you know, they say, wherever I go, I get asked the same strange question. Um, How long are you going to live in P.E. still? Do you have tar there on your roads in P.E.? An actual question I was asked. Shame, eh? Maybe one day you'll get street lights to work there, eh? In Mandela Bay. And let me tell you my response to that. Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Be careful the things you despise, that you might find God opens them as wells of everlasting life. And we have to be wise enough to know not to allow the spirit of this world to dictate, that's me, sorry, I can't believe I, that's my eating alarm. I'm, I'm now suddenly so hungry after 18 hours of intermittent fasting, you all look like burgers and fries. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. The spirit of this, the spirit of this world is, <laughs> you're all taking it seriously. Don't take it seriously. Listen to the scripture. The spirit of this world is stealing our joy. In fact, I think it should be okay to say, I love who I am in Christ. I love what I do in Christ. I love where I live in Christ. I love the opportunity and the people I'm with in Christ. I will not have my joy stolen. I love being here. So slowly, your joy gets stolen. Oh, you live in that kind of house. So you don't live in any state. So you don't live in any state. Eh? And then if you live in any state, does, does your state have animals? Does your state have wildebeest? Does your state have crocodiles? My state has tsetse flies. Does yours have tsetse flies? I don't know. So your joy is stolen a little more. Oh, shame, is that the... Oh, shame, did you get that furniture on sale? Where did you get that furniture? Shame, is that from so-and-so fern? Where did you get it from? I got mine from Vela. Where did you get yours? and your joy is stolen. Now you can't be happy with anything you got, where you are and what you're doing because the spirit of this world is abusing you in an abusive relationship, telling you it's better than you and you are still in that relationship. Break it off. I have to be able to say, it's my town, I'm blessed to be here. It's my house, I'm blessed to have it. It's my couch, I'm blessed to sit on it or to watch my dog sit on it. It's my... You see, you you steal my joy and then you make me the silent, quiet one in the relationship and you do all the talking. And you've stolen my celebration. 
production, if you'd put that up on the screen, please, because I need the next slide. John chapter 1, verse 44. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and, um, and, and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, the one whom the prophets also wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked, uh, Nathaniel asked, come and see, Philip replies. So here's the thing about the spirit of this world and the spirit of God that gives us a joy and a celebration. You can't study it. You have to see it. You have to see it. Come and see. Come and see. I'm looking forward to online and in gatherings, creating places where we will say to people, come and see, not how they changed the warehouse into a church. Come and see a joy, a spirit of victory, of thanksgiving and of celebration that'll give you relief from the abusive relationship of the spirit of this world. Come and see an environment in which light overcomes darkness and the victory is the Lord's. And the victory is the Lord's. Yeah, wait, clappable moment, clappable moment. One of the great lessons about the Bible that I want to teach you about today on how to get things to go from whatever they are to good. And if they're good, there's a way of getting them to be gold. We'll talk about that on another uh, conversation. The Bible talks about how that we need to cultivate a spiritual shout of praise. A spiritual shout of praise. In Job chapter 38, I know it initially looks like Job, but it is pronounced Job. But if you don't have a job, I will pray that you have one. So maybe that is also a verse for you. In Job 38 verse 7, I love this. While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, God has a conversation with man who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb, spiritual womb. When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set doors and bars in place, when I said to the ocean, by the way, this far uh, you may come and no further. Here is where your proud waves must halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? This conversation takes place between man and God, but the angels are watching watching it and they shout with joy. When God does something, it produces in you a shout of celebration. The point is, it has to be louder than everything else you're hearing out there. That's how loud my shout, my celebration, my song of praise needs to be. Things are loud at the moment. They are loud. They are economically loud. They are politically loud. They are uh, 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 socially loud. We're in conversations about things we all took for granted in the past. Do you know what we need to do? We need to sing songs of praise and declare Jesus Christ as Lord louder than the volume of the spirit of this world. It becomes necessary for us to find our shout. It was almost a clappable moment. I'll build up again. Ephesians chapter 6 says, be prepared 
you're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. And you'll need them throughout your life. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential uh, in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard, pray long, pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep an eye open, keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. I wanted to get to that last part because I think some people are falling behind and some people are dropping out because we've been uh, convinced to worry about ourselves so much that we're no longer keeping one another's spirits up. You might need to phone a friend today and say, I thought of you in church. And I just wanted to be a little louder in your life than whatever is going on around you right now. They've told us to go home and watch Jesus online. And that's okay when we don't have alternatives or because you love the way we do church. So you should keep being online if you can. But let me tell you, it's not going to stop us from getting into one another's lives and keeping one another's spirits up and keeping an eye on what's going on and lifting one another so nobody drops out and nobody falls behind. Can you say amen to that? It's a spirit that's gotten just too loud. There's a song. I mean, I'm amazed. Have you ever noticed that a song can get into you? Even a secular, like just a secular song, can get into you and you can't shake it. You just keep singing it. Sometimes I just hear it once. I heard a song the other day that got into me so much that I had to take like a day of fasting to get it out of my life. I'm not even joking because it's an evil song. But it went viral. You all want to know which one it is. I don't think you should. Just stay away from viral, unholy songs. Just get to get out your life. Why is it that the spirit of this world can get into your heart like that and be so loud, but it is so often challenging to let the songs of praise and the words of the Lord and the spirit of God to enter in and be constantly on repeat because you're in an abusive relationship and the spirit of this world is like an abusive partner. Cut it off and walk away. There's nothing there for you. We have to cultivate that kind of strength. So here's what a shout of praise, we'll talk about what that is. A shout of praise is being louder in praising God than the volume of the spirit of this world. The Bible tells us that a shout of praise strengthens us. Strengthens us. Have you ever watched one of those movies where before the hero goes to battle, Braveheart comes to mind? They shout. Sometimes we've got to remember that the shout happens before the war and sometimes the shout happens after the war. But either way, get a shout in your heart. You need to roar a little more like a lion on the prowl. Numbers chapter 23, love this verse. I should get this tattooed sometime in my, on my walls. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny though, you know, the whole tattooing thing, may I make a casual remark? Pretty soon, 
uh, not having a tattoo as a pastor is going to be rare because uh, at, at one point everybody everybody got one um, but I don't want to be that rare so uh, Numbers 23 verse 20 I have received a command to bless for he has blessed and I cannot change it no misfortune is seen in Jacob no misery observed in Israel the Lord their God is with them the shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. If you're wondering about the context of that verse, here's what happened. The Israelites had an enemy. The enemy wasn't winning. So they called a prophet, somebody who was a false prophet, the spirit of this world. And they said to the prophet, go to the Israelites and curse them. Stand on the top of a hill and just speak a curse over them. And the false prophet got some pay because it's always about money, the spirit of this world. Got to the top of a hill and he's looking at the Israelites and he's thinking about cursing them. And you know what he realizes? I can't curse these people. The shout of the kingdoms among them. Their song of praise for God is so loud that me standing on a mountain speaking into the wind is going to go nowhere. He goes back to the people who paid him and said, you can have your money back. Nothing I can do about it. Those people love God. God has blessed them. Their shout is so loud. I'm not going to be able to curse. I can stand there and waste my time or I'm going to go home. I'm going home, thanks. The curse can't sit on a people whose shout is louder than the volume of the Spirit of this world. It just doesn't sit on you. When you're joyful in your heart, people can criticize you, but it's such a low volume that it's not going to affect you. But you see, if you go silent, even the whisper of a critic is loud in your life. Now, every little comment is destructive to you because you've got no volume level that's greater than that. The Bible tells us that having a shout in our hearts, a celebration, a volume of praise that's louder than the volume of this world will make space in your life. The Bible encourages us that if we learn how to do that, it'll create an environment around us where good things can grow. Not only is the spirit of this world too loud, it comes too close. Vince will probably smile at this because he, he doesn't always understand my choice in background music. Is that fair to say, Vince? By the way, I listened to your message on Sunday last week. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. These guys are becoming significant preachers in their own right, and I'm very proud of you all. But I do like to listen to jazz in the background. But he doesn't, hey, Vince? Oh, the problem is he feels that it's sometimes just very busy very loud and very busy, just very, very, it dominates everything. After a while, you start speaking at the speed of the music around you. Have you ever noticed that? If you, you, that's an actual trick, you know, they do it in restaurants. If they want to move you out, then they make the tempo a little bit faster so you can have your conversation a little quicker, you can digest a little faster, and you can move on. If we've got you on love songs, you're there all night, and they're like, we've got to get the bill done. <laughs> Sorry, that was just a little bit of Greek advice. Um, but you know, when things, when the spirit of this world comes a little bit closer, guess whose rhythm you start following? That's the pace. 
Now that sets the pace. You, you eat at that pace, sleep at that pace, talk at that pace, think at that pace. And Jesus says, come apart for, for me and rest a while. You know, uh, that volume not only gets in you, it, 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 it predicts your spaces. I've made a decision now in the mornings when I do devotion, nothing plays. I just want me, my Bible, and Jesus. I don't want TikTok in the background. I don't want jazz in the background, although I do love jazz very much. I think it's heavenly music. I, and whoever, whoever was sneezing, God bless you. I know it is much more risky now to sneeze uh, these days. It's life-threatening. But <laughs> literally, I don't want anything. When are we going to be comfortable with turning off the volume of the spirit of this world and allow be still and know that I am God to happen again? You don't know he's God because never quiet enough for you to hear him and know his authority. Okay. Romans chapter five from the message says there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with trouble. Because we know how trouble can develop passionate patience in us. And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling short-changed. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. This verse reminds me that when the spirit of this world gets to be loud, I never feel content enough. But when I am still to know that he is God and I sing my shout of praise louder than the spirit. See, I can't turn the world off all the time. I must be in the world, but not of the world. But when I'm in the world, I'd like to be louder than the world. That's the key. I'm not going to be in an abusive relationship anymore with the spirit of this world. It's enough. And then finally, our shout wins the showdown. I mean, if I had enough time, but I don't. But if I had enough time, I'd tell you there was another showdown that involved shots. Do you remember David and Goliath? Did Goliath, the spirit of this world, not come out day after day and shout over the Israelites, who is brave enough to come and fight me? Isn't that what the spirit of this world is saying? I dare you and I'll cancel you. I dare you and I'll embarrass you. I dare you and I'll minimize you. I dare you and I'll send you home packing until David got there and said, just wait a minute. Wait a minute. When did this guy get so loud? Is not our God greater than this man? He said, you know what, I've had, I've dealt with loud things before. There was a bear once that came out shouting all kinds of threats, dealt with him. There was a lion coming out very loud, dealt with him. This man will be nothing more to me than like a bear and a lion. Then he gets quite aggro. Maybe uh, we need to stop listening to Goliath and then going back home and say, that's, it's bad out there. It's big out there, it's loud out there, it's economically messed up out there. The churches aren't the same out there anymore, eh? Out there, eh? 
And maybe you just need to get up and say, you know what, I, who, who is this loud thing uh, cursing the armies of the... Let's, let's be aggro. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And, but please don't go to anybody and say, it's, it's not people, the whole service, I've been careful to say it's a spirit. I want you to go to somebody and say, you are an uncircumcised Philistine and I will cast you out because you may be wrong and then they, you, you, may be, you may be having to sing songs of praise at midnight in the same room that Paul and Silas was doing at jail. But, but you, you, you have to, you know, you can go to Goliath and say, shh, the saints are singing. Or you can get out there and go, Whoa, 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 you're too loud. The voice I hear is louder than that. My God, who helped me kill the lion and the bear, is going to deal with you today. By the end of this day, I'll have your head. You need to break up from your relationship, abusive relationship with the spirit of this world, so you can find peace, joy, and authority. Therefore, Ephesians 5 says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Again, an instruction, let the rhythm in your heart be set by heaven and not by the atmospheric noises of the spirit of this world. The future looks good in God. The city's future looks great in God. The life of church looks good in God. And the voices of the spirit of this world will not dictate my rhythms, my investments, my patterns, or my opportunities. The voice of heaven, the rhythm of heaven will do that instead. Would you, would you please stand with me as we, as we uh, get ready to pray? As you well know, there are um, people uh, available to pray for you in person, cards that you can write for confidential prayer requests or praise reports to say, I'd like to report that the Lord came through for us and you just write it down so we can celebrate with you. Maybe we need to write as many celebrations as we do requests so that our song of praise can be elevated. But And communion on either side. But before we go today, I, I want for you to shake off your timidity and to find your boldness. Can we do that? Can we pray that prayer? Lord, we acknowledge that there is a volume level in the world and it's escalated and gotten louder and more cluttered and it's come closer and invaded our personal space. Today, we declare our song of praise and our shout of victory will be louder than the, than the spirit of this world. We declare that there will be space around us free from that noise so that new things can grow and new things can mature. Tonight, Lord, we, uh, this morning, Lord, we pray that darkness will flee because light is on. Thank you.
we pray, Lord, that our victory will be awakened and kindled again. We will no longer be in an abusive relationship with the spirit of this world, and we will not carry the symptoms of somebody who's been abused, saddened, brokenhearted, disappointed, too timid. No, we will not go quietly. In public, you accuse this, and in public, we will answer that Jesus is our Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's people said, would you give God a shout of praise and worship and thanksgiving? And-